Welcome. You're listening to WO Voices, a podcast series from Women in Optometry magazine. I'm Marjolyn Bailefeld, editor of Women in Optometry. We're delighted you could join us. We're, we're delighted to have with us today Dr. Stephanie Wu from Lake Havasu City, Arizona, and Dr. Melissa Barnett of Sacramento, California. Uh, both of these women need almost no introduction to the scleral lens and specialty contact lens uh, family in, in eye care. They're, they're both extremely well known. And Dr. Wu, what's, what's interesting here is uh, just opened a brand new specialty lens practice uh, on January 20th. I'm going to turn it over to you, Dr. Barnett. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, Dr. Wu, Dr. Stephanie Wu is absolutely amazing. Not only is she a great friend, she's a wonderful colleague, also a fellow past president of the Scleral Lens Education Society, and just really an amazing person altogether. So Stephanie, I'm going to be asking you a few questions. If you can just share a little bit about your background. Yeah, well, thank you, Dr. Burnett and Women in Optometry for having me. This is so exciting and such an honor to be on this podcast. I always enjoy listening to the other ones that you guys have. So to actually be on is is going to be really fun. So yeah, so um, I went to optometry school at SCCO in Southern California And then right after that, I I completed a cornea and contact lens residency in Missouri. And then right after that, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I was on this program called WICHI, which is a um, a loan program through the government. And so I had to go back to Arizona for at least four years. And so I guess I had a few options. So if I wanted to pursue something maybe more specialty lens focused, I could have gone to Phoenix or Tucson, maybe some of the bigger cities. But instead, I decided to go back to my hometown of Lake Havasu, Arizona. And um, I joined up with my childhood optometrist, Dr. Stuart Adams. And then at that time, it was just regular optometry, glasses, contacts, full exams, eye emergencies, post-ops, essentially no specialty contact lenses because that wasn't something that he was real interested in. And um, so when I joined up, I said, well, this is something that I know I really love. So I would like to grow this portion of the business. And he said, yeah, go for it. Uh, I don't know what you need, but uh, I'm here to help. So I, I kind of gave him a list of things that we really needed to to start this, so for sure we needed to add a topographer, um, anterior segment capabilities for OCT, and an imaging system. So those were kind of the the three things that I just that we added right away. And yeah, from there, over the last eight years, we've really grown the practice to over about two thousand specialty lens patients, which is really great. For a small kind of rural area, we've got three locations. And um, yeah, so last year, kind of just doing some soul searching and figuring out what what would make me really happy and what what would make my husband happy and, and, you know, just our life together. We just kind of came to the conclusion that, oh my gosh, you know, I the thing I love the most is specialty contact lenses. 
during my day of seeing a variety of different patients, I love specialty contacts. And how can I do that all the time? Is that even something possible? So then I reached out to a few other doctors that specialize in just this type of uh, clinic, uh, private practice, and just doing specialty lenses. And after gathering a lot of different information and from a variety of people, I decided that, oh my gosh, this I think this is something that I can do. What a, an amazing story. And I remember when you were going between all those different practices and driving hundreds of miles or whatever it was every day, that was just incredible just to go to work. Um, going back a little bit, what actually sparked your interest in optometry? Oh, that's a great question. So my father is a medical practitioner. And so that was kind of always a natural thing that I was interested in. But um, following around and shadowing different doctors. So I shadowed dermatologist, plastic surgeon, general practitioner, um, OBGYN. And almost all of them said that they would not do it again. (laughs) And so I thought, well, okay, maybe this isn't the best career choice. And so I just kind of thought about different other, other things. And, and, um, for me going to the eye doctor every year, I've been going to an eye doctor since I was like seven because, and my eyes are very myopic. And I always thought, you know what, that's a doctor that I always enjoyed going to because I always left seeing better than when I arrived. So it it wasn't a doctor that I was scared of. And and whenever I left, it was something that, that uh, I was happy about. I didn't, I didn't know that story, which is just the same as my story as well. So when I was in college, I interviewed a bunch of pediatricians and optometrists and all the optometrists were really happy. And the pediatricians, for whatever reason, were really grumpy. And, (laughs) and my childhood optometrist, I'm still in touch with and actually see him at GSLS and other meetings too. So it's, it's absolutely wonderful. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So how did you get into contact lenses? Was it in optometry school or was it a personal experience that led you to be interested in contact lenses? Well, it, when I was in optometry school, I always knew I wanted to do a residency. I Just the type of person I am, I knew that I wanted to do something. And I actually thought I was going to do an ocular disease residency. And doing just kind of going through optometry school and going through the different clinics and the different specialties the contact lens clinic actually was the most impressive as far as changing patient lives. And I actually remember the story of a patient, I believe he was in his forties and he was diagnosed with keratoconus a while back from an optometrist um, somewhere else. And they basically said, yeah, this is, this is something that's, it's a, progressive eye disease and you're not going to see well after a while. And even with the best glasses, you won't be able to see that well. And he actually ended up losing his job because he couldn't, his, he was a commercial truck driver and he had to pass certain vision 
test, of course, to be able to drive safely. And he lost his job and he came to the clinic with this kind of hope that something could be done. And we put a gas permeable, a corneal gas permeable lens on his eye. And he was able to see, I believe 2030. And he was like in tears. And I just thought, wow, this is something where you can change someone's life drastically because after that he was able to get his job back. And I mean, just imagine having some disease that you have no control over and it keeps getting worse and you lose your job. I mean, that has got to be incredibly depressing and, um, and, and life changing. So being able to change someone's life, I think that was my motivation of, wow, specialty contact lenses that change lives. The longer that I've been practicing, the more I believe that specialty contact lenses change the lives, not only of our patients, but their families. So their parents, their kids, their extended families, because it gives them Mm -hmm. independence. It allows them to do whatever they want to do. So it's, it, it, I agree, it's incredible to be able to positively change families' lives with this little piece of plastic. It's incredible. I mean, I agree with you, Dr. Barnett. I mean, it's just, it's amazing that, uh, that, you know, their kids are so excited for them, their parents, their spouses. I mean, like you said, it, it changes the whole family's outlook. And, and these are the stories that we need right now. I mean, not, not to be Pollyannish about the, the, the situation. This is a very difficult time for a lot of ODs. But it is important, I think, to reflect on the impact um, while in, in the middle of the uncertainty, there are some things that you can be certain about. And, and these stories, I think, help, help remind people of that. Definitely. And, you know, right now, and probably the same for you, Stephanie, I have patients reaching out to me, you know, they, their scleral lenses have broke or they got lost. And, you know, we're just trying to get them new lenses as quickly as possible um, during the time of COVID so that they can function and see. Um, and it is safe, of course, to wear contact lenses during this time. But there's a lot of concern uh, from the patient side as well. Yeah, I think that they just they have a lot of anxiety as it is because they are so dependent on these contact lenses. But it's been really great because the labs, as you know, have been absolutely amazing. And they've been able to ship uh, the lenses directly to the patient if the doctor chooses. Um, That way you're reducing the risk of of uh, contact with, with patients and reducing the interactions if you choose. But uh, the, the, the labs have been fantastic to work with. Um, I know patient anxiety is really high right now, but there's a lot of amazing resources right now from AOA and Academy, GPLI, SLS. I mean, just, just going over the safety of contact lens wear during this time, which I know has helped a lot of my patients just feel a lot better. Exactly. So going back to your older practice, what tips do you have for others to grow their specialty contact lens practice? I mean, you did an amazing job in a relatively short amount of time. Oh, thank you. Some of my, my tips kind of right off the bat is, number one, you have to be committed yourself 
that uh, to to do this, and and that's with any specialty. So if you wanted to just see pediatric patients, or you want to grow your ocular disease clinic, or you want to grow, um, you know, your vision therapy clinic, whatever it ends up being, you have to really fully commit in your heart before going down the road, because there's there's different pieces of equipment that you're going to need in order to serve this specialty population, whatever it may be. And as you know, the equipment costs a lot of money and you have to be fully invested in it before kind of taking the leap. And I was, I I was fully, fully committed. So I had no problem buying these different pieces of equipment because I knew it was going to work. So that's number one. Um, and then I would say that most of my patients in the beginning came from myself. So I would see somebody for a full eye exam and let's say they had our case scarring. Then I would kind of go down the road of talking to them about specialty lens options, especially if they weren't seen very well. So kind of a lot of people think that they're going to get referrals right away and for any specialty. But the fact of the matter is that a lot of doctors need to see results first before they will feel comfortable referring to you. So once you have a few people under your belt that you could actually talk about um, with other doctors or, you know, maybe you share mutual patients, that's what really kind of solidifies things. And then also meeting with other doctors, not even optometrists specifically, But as you know, Melissa, with specialty lenses, I mean, there's patients that benefit that uh, come from the oncologist or rheumatologist because they've got severe ocular surface disease. And so kind of thinking outside the box, I think also really helped grow my my clinic. So we we ended up getting a lot of referrals from medical doctors as well. So just kind of getting out there, letting people know what you're doing. Um, I gave some free seminars in the the community, not even about specialty lenses, but uh, like diabetic eye care. And then I kind of worked in some of the things that I really enjoyed doing. And at the end of the meeting, I remember someone came up to me and said, oh my gosh, you know how you said that you have these special contacts for people with corneal transplants. My mom has one. Like, do you think that you could help her see better? So it's just these little things of just getting out there and, um, and kind of getting your name out there. I, I think that really helps. Yeah. So I think that when you're starting a new clinic uh, cold, there's, there's a lot of things that, that come up that you weren't expecting. And I guess I was expecting that, so I guess I was prepared. I, I knew that this was there was something completely new because the other practices that I owned, I bought into, so they were already functioning. Everything was really already in place, whereas now I'm starting up something completely different, and the model of it was totally different as well. So instead of seeing regular eye exams and eye emergencies and having an optical my entire focus was going to be specialty contact lenses. So that in itself was kind of having to do a 180 and figure out exactly how I was going to do that. Um, I also decided that it was going to be a cash model clinic. So I wasn't going to accept insurance, which was also something completely different. That's something I've, I've never done before. Um, I guess some of the challenges would be the, 
the building. So the building that I'm in, I'm in a hospital uh, building, but uh, the contractors and all the different people that are involved. And I'm sure anybody that's done like a house renovation or has bought a house, they probably can attest to that too, is some of the things that they say are going to be done by a certain time is not going to be done by a certain time. So my, my clinic was supposed to be completely open in July (laughs) and it took like six more months for them to get through the permitting. I guess it is kind of a blessing in disguise that, uh, this, this whole thing happened when it did as far as the COVID stuff, because I had already prepared to not make money for the first year or at least the first six months. So I, um, I, I already prepared for that. I've saved. And so when this whole thing happened, you know, people were reaching out to me like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry that this is happening. Like you just opened your clinic and now you had to close it and you're not seeing patients and, but uh, it's it's really okay. It's given me a lot of time to focus on some of the the clinic items that I haven't been able to get to. Wow, that's that's amazing. So, what do you plan on doing once business resumes to normal? Oh, great question. So, before everything happened, um, I was I was just getting all my marketing materials printed and um, I was working with a graphic designer and coming up with the content and everything. So we've, we've got these really cool folders that have referral forms. It's got a small bio about me. I also put a, a white paper about keratoconus and, and contact lenses in there. So it's like a really awesome folder um, that I've been bringing to different doctors when I, when I meet with them. So the, the next thing I was going to do was just kind of hit the pavement and start going to different offices, ophthalmologists, optometrists, endocrinologists, um, oncologists, really anybody in, in the area who will meet with me. Um, so that's kind of on my list as, as soon as this gets back up and running, then I can start hitting the pavement and start meeting people. That's excellent that you're so prepared and ready to go. And the final question for you, what are your future goals? I would say my goal would be three to five new fittings per week. That would be my goal. I'd like to hire another doctor so that I can focus more on the back end of the practice as far as marketing goes and getting out there doing, I love lecturing and teaching. So that's definitely something I want to keep up. And really, I would love this clinic to be an international site. So Las Vegas is a destination for tourists all over the world. So I know that people want to come here. (laughs) And so I'm hoping that it ends up becoming this international clinic where people come from all over the world to get the absolute best contact lens care. So that that's definitely the the end goal. I I'm I'm so glad that uh, you you both were able to to fit this conversation in and and what I I like here is your optimism. Um what's what's keeping you going? Well, I just I I just know in my heart that this was the right decision for me and at the right time in my career to, to do this. 
And so I just know it's going to work out because I'm so passionate about this clinic. I'm really, I'm really good at, at specialty lenses. And I just feel like there's so many patients out there that we can help. So I just, knowing all of that, it just, I, I just have no fear that, uh, that it's not going to work out. So I think positive vibes are, are definitely the way to go. And there's no point in being negative. And uh, of course, we're hearing a lot of negative stuff right now. And, and that's just not uh, my personality at all. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I just think that you always have to look on the bright side of things. And, and with this whole thing, for me, it's been, I have found so many great things, uh, being able to do things like this, you know, webinars and podcasts. I've been doing a lot of reading and writing and working on the back end of my business of things that was that were really hard to get to when I was seeing patients all the time. And so being able to work on the business at just kind of at leisure has been absolutely amazing. And, and I really hope that a lot of other eye doctors are, are doing the same thing, kind of focusing on their practice during this time and doing all the things they weren't able to do before. And what about you, Dr. Barnett? So I've actually been practicing, so seeing emergencies only um, at UC Davis the last few weeks. Um, but I've been doing a lot of writing and also recording, so podcasts and webinars. I gave three webinars last week. And I, I love writing. That's one of the things I very much enjoy. So I am also have more time with my family since I'm not traveling. And so just trying to enjoy that as well. Looking, for, looking forward to getting, to getting back to the, to the norm. Dr. Barnett and Dr. Wu, thank you both so much. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening. I hope you join us again next time on WL Voices. If you'd like to be part of our podcast series, please contact us. You can email us at wovoicesonline at gmail.com or via our website, womeninoptometry.com, on Facebook at WL Magazine, or through Twitter or Instagram at WomenODs. See you next time.